Welcome to the Below the Line podcast. My name is David Duggan, and I'm one of the members of a team made up of experts from the worlds of business, elite sport, adventure, and health and well-being. We are coaches, mentors, and advisors to some of the world's biggest companies and organizations, as well as smaller businesses, entrepreneurs, and people looking to make their mark in the world. Whether it's leadership, business, coaching, health, or simply life in general, we're really talking about performance, our ability to show up as brilliantly as possible into all these situations for ourselves and those around us. Each week, I sit down with a member of our team to discuss a performance-related topic connected to their area of expertise. We keep it short and sweet so that you can extract all the good stuff and get on with the rest of your day, and hopefully put some of our knowledge, experience and expertise into play for yourself. This week, I am talking to my colleague Paul Gleason about the topic of well-being. As well as being a performance and executive coach, Paul is also an adventurer who has completed a number of expeditions to some of the most inhospitable environments on earth. As such, maintaining high levels of fitness, strength and health is a priority for Paul. And so, I asked him to give me his perspective on what well-being means to him and what advice he can pass on to us about some simple tips and ideas for improving and looking after our own health. You can subscribe at www.belowtheline.ie where you can stay up to date with our podcast as well as exclusive online events and sessions including our next story coaching program which starts on the 15th of November. Visit www.belowtheline.ie forward slash story to find out more. Thanks for listening and see you next week. So maybe if we start with just that question, you know, what does well-being mean to you? It's a really good one because I think you and I have had conversations about this before around well-being and what it is and, and I guess what it isn't. And if you think just from a, from a simplicity point of view to start with, the word well-being is something that we've made up. You know, it's a little bit like the weather. The weather as a, as a word you can't measure the weather, but you can measure rainfall, heat, ice, you know, temperature, etc. So there's components of the weather that you measure that combined give you a picture of the weather. And I think well-being has potentially become a little bit like that in that it can be viewed, quite frankly, in a corporate world as something nice and fluffy. And we, we do something over here every now and then. Um, and I think you're right, it doesn't do it, it justice. And it also just reveals, I think, a lack of understanding as to what well-being is. I was on the phone recently with somebody and they were talking about well-being initiatives. And the first thing that came out of their mouth was baking, you know, cake baking and stuff. So to your point there as well, I think well-being has become a little bit associated with food and fitness, yoga, meditation, mindfulness. So I think the first thing is that it, whether it's an individual or whether it's somebody with a team in a company is, and I'm sort of, I'm stealing a line here from, from Martin Seligman, who's the, the father of a lot of um, well-being work and psychological uh, work in this space and positive psychology, is that in order to improve it, and the, the one thing somebody could do to improve it is measure it. Um, and I think, you know, there's an old expression that that gets measured gets done. So I think, first of all, is knowing how to measure it. And I guess it's what do you measure? 
So for me, well-being, it's it's fully it's a fully integration or a fully integrated approach to your mind, your body, and your spirit. Um, but when you say something like that, it's not necessarily accessible, and it's not necessarily. So what exactly does that mean? Um, so the way I would, the way I've come to from my own experience, and I guess from studying well-being, is I look at it under six pillars, um, and six pillars, which is goes beyond just a health. So if you think of, and this is again, this is a, it's called PERMA, P-E-R-M-A-H. So this is a, I guess it's a, it's a psychological way of of measuring somebody's well-being. Um, but for me, encompassed in that is mind, body, and spirit. So it, it's quite comprehensive. So the P stands for positive emotions and also navigating uh, your negative emotions because we all have both. And to think that we all float around high-fiving each other all day is just pure nonsense. We, we experience the full range of positive and negative emotions. So, so P is, is really speaking to your emotional state um, and how, how healthy that is, how aware you are of it, um, and how equipped you are to navigate through the different emotional uh, spectrum that we'll all go through on a daily, weekly, monthly basis. Um, so the, the emotional state is a huge part, obviously, of well-being. The E then is around engagement. So looking at how engaged am I in all aspects of my life? So if I'm here with David, how engaged am I in the conversation that we're having um, when I'm doing work with my clients? How engaged am I right there and then? So if you, if you double click into engagement, you get into things like your interests, you get into things like your psychological strengths, you get into things that what actually interests me. Um, so there's, there's, I'm giving you sort of a high level here. Obviously, we can drill down in, into each one. So, so you look at engagement. The R then is around relationships. And it's such, I mean, God, we've really seen this, I think, over the last 18 months. We are social creatures. Um, some people obviously enjoy being around people more than others. And we all have, you know, I'm, I'm somebody who I love the interaction of people. And I also love my own time. And I can, I'm very comfortable being on my own. But relationship starts with the relationship that we have with ourselves and then relationships with, with the people who are important in our lives. So our work colleagues, our family, our friends, our children. Um, if you even notice the order that I mentioned that there, um, I started with work colleagues, which is, um, I sort of did that, I guess, deliberately because in the context of people working in companies and teams, I think sometimes the nature and the quality of their relationships uh, it doesn't get enough conscious attention and conscious focus. You know, so a simple example, you're in a team meeting and, you know, half the team have got their cameras switched off at the moment. Or you're in a team meeting, maybe back in the office environment, people are flicking on their phones. That, to me, speaks to the quality of the relationships that exist in that dynamic at that time. So the or is around relationships. And again, there's, there's lots you can drill into in terms of practical things you can do on this. The end then um, is around meaning. So to what extent do people have a sense of meaning in their lives? And, and that brings you into, I guess, sub pieces there around, are you living um, very intentionally? Are you, are you living on purpose? Um, are you living in line with your own values? Um, values, again, from the, I guess, in the business world, values is something that can they can get sort of bandied about and you know they can mean nothing or they can mean a lot but values are are to me are really around they're they're, they're somebody's north star and they can be a real you know sort of an internal compass if you like 
as to if I'm living in line with my values, um, there's, a, there's a fairly strong chance I can have a sense of meaning in my life. Um, and meaning isn't necessarily, in my opinion, it's not about what you're doing, it's about how you feel about what you're doing. Um, so anybody, you and I, David, could be doing the same job, as an example, and you could absolutely love what you're doing and be really enthused and energized and quite passionate about it. I could be doing the exact same job and I might not feel that way. And I mightn't feel that way because of the work isn't really suited to me, or it could be because there's other things going on in terms of my overall health and well-being. So, so meaning is, is, uh, is another area. Um, the A then in PERMA stands for accomplishment. So to what extent do we feel accomplished and um, resourced to achieve things that are important to us? So do we feel like we're accomplishing what's important to us in life? And again, that's where you're getting into, I guess you're, if you drill down into some of it, you're looking at, again, things like to what degree you're using your strengths, um, to what degree you've got the, the resources, the skills, the experience to do what you're trying to do in whatever element of your life it is. Um, An accomplishment can be something that, and that can be, it is something that can give people a sense of um, confidence, a sense of self-belief. If you feel like you're not accomplishing something, it can eat away at that, be that at a conscious or an unconscious level. And the H then in PERMA is health. So it's, it's often, it's funny, it's the last thing that I've mentioned. It's hugely important. And I know you and I would, would subscribe to this and we do, you know, we do our best in our own life and this. It's a really important part of my life, but how you're looking after your, your, your health in terms of your rest and recovery, so your sleep, in terms of your movement, your exercise, and in terms of your nutrition and how you're, you're fueling your body. So that at a high level is how I would look at, at well-being. Because I think within that, you've got a couple of things. You've got an ability, and, and we could do this obviously with clients where we can actually measure people's well-being. But you can, you can look at that and within the, the PERMA overview, if you like, you're getting into the mind, the body, and the spirit. So I think it's important that you know, somebody could look at this and say, God, I'm really in a good place for my physical health in terms of my nutrition, in terms of my sleep, but actually my sense of meaning and maybe, um, you know, my sense of engagement and what I'm doing in my work isn't there. So that gives you a clue as to, okay, maybe I'm going to focus on, on one or two of those areas. Yeah. Yeah. Where did that come from? What inspired this interest, this commitment to your own health, your own well-being? Yeah, I, I think if I'm being honest, I've always been a fairly active person um you know if I, if I take the h piece of the well-being um you know from playing sports and, and doing some of the adventure trips and expeditions over the years so i guess that's always been an ever present in my life um i think other areas around sort of emotions around engagement around making life decisions um as i've become a little bit more aware as, I, as i've sort of gone through life i think that's become more important i think this view around you know, using something like a, a PERMA approach to it, it's come about quite frankly through, through a bit of education. You know, when I did my psychology degree, um, I did my thesis, um, I looked at the area of grit and the role of, of emotional well-being in building grit. So I, I guess I studied it there. I looked at some of the research on it. Um, um, you know, more recently this year, I've done more sort of, I guess, formal education in, in this area as well. So I guess it's, it's, it's been a combination of my own experience, I guess, some, some study and some research. And also then I think crucially the third piece is probably I've seen how important it is with clients. 
So I've seen where if people address different areas that we, you know, we're chatting about, I've seen how much of a difference it can make in their lives professionally in terms of how they show up um, and, and personally, you know, in terms of different different areas of their personal lives. So um, I think I've just seen the relevance of it, but I've seen it through experience as well as uh, as obviously studying it and, and learning more about it. And I'm always going to be learning about this, this in this space. You're a performance coach, you know, you're an executive coach, all that type of stuff. For people listening, you know, some of those simple examples of the differences you have seen with some of the people that you've worked with and what have they done, um, just to give us a general sense of that. Yeah, sure. Well, if I think of if I think of maybe two people that I'm working with at the moment. So um, one person is um, she's three kids. So, you know, busy, busy house, lots going on. Herself and her husband are both work. And, and she's she's a demanding job um, in the in the sort of legal legal space, and I guess one of the things that we looked at was how she navigates and deals with the stressors and the challenges and the pressure situations in her role. They're never going to change per se, but I guess the situations themselves won't change. But how she perceives them and how she brings herself to those situations can absolutely change depending on what she's doing for herself. Um, so we spent quite a bit of time looking at what are the, the simple, what we call DNA, so the, the daily non-negotiable activities. What are the simple things that she can do more consistently to help her in those, those pressurized um, situations? Because they're only pressurized to the degree at which she or I or you views them as pressurized situations. Um, so a couple of practical examples, one was meditating um, and one was, um, I guess, I, I'm no expert when it comes to meditation. I meditate myself regularly. Um, so it was just bringing her through a couple of simple practices on that. Um, and again, without getting into the, the you know, I, I think for anyone maybe listening or watching to this, um, there is, I know myself personally from doing it, meditation works. People often say, it's not for me, I don't like it, whatever. I know it works. I know the research, I know the science behind it as well. So that's a, you know, that's as far as I even bother to go with that. Um, so I guess it was just coming through a little bit of practical approaches to it for her. Um, other things were creating boundaries, which became quite important. So creating simple boundaries at work and, and everyone, lots of people have experienced this in the last 18 months where, you know, they're working, they're, they're maybe not commuting that hour in the morning or the hour in the evening. So as a result, maybe it's actually extra work that goes into that space. Um, but being able to actually shut off from work and looking at some simple approaches there. Um, one is just creating a little transition ritual. Um, another one is actually saying no. So, so knowing that every time you say yes to something, that's going to encroach after your hours. Just be consciously aware you're saying yes to something external. You're saying no to your family. You're saying no to having time with your kids. You're saying no to being present with your kids. And that might sound a little bit harsh, but that's the reality of, of what people can be doing. So I think it was the work that we were doing was, first of all, a little bit around awareness. And then secondly, around some of the things. Running was another thing that, that this lady would have done. Um, and hadn't maybe done it as consistently. So just bringing that back into her life. Um, but also very, I guess, simple things um, was just looking at some primers and some, some positive affirmations going into these scenarios. So what she was doing, putting all these things together, 
she's really working on her her mental and emotional fitness um, and working on you know working on her well-being um, but that was able to help her and she did all the work I mean it was just through through conversations and a little bit of suggestions for me I guess but um, she's now able to approach those situations better I'm not saying she just coasts into them you know there's still challenges there's still pressures but that's a practical example maybe of just integrating certain things that will work for you but doing it around something that's important for you so in this case this is what was bubbling up this was what was real and live it's not doing it for the sake of of well-being if that makes sense yeah and you, you prompted my next question there I, while i was listening to you talk there uh, back to that idea of well-being maybe being a bit a bit of a misnomer um something that is external to us it's a nice to do Whereas it sounds to me like you were actually talking about steps towards self-care and that that maybe is what the term for this stuff should be. Does that make any sense? Yeah, it does. It does. It hundred percent does. Um, and everyone's different. So somebody could share exactly your view on it as to what you just said. Now, um, I would agree with everything you said. And I think for me, it's, it's, it's a big part is how do I want to experience life? Do I want to experience my time right now as somebody who's well, um, who, who's active, that it's part of who I am. But if you think about the wider picture of well-being that we're talking about, I think it's, you know, I think about it as it's, it's the integration of human health into performance. And you said at the start, you know, I'm a performance coach. And sometimes people say, what exactly is that? <laughs> I'm like, good question. Um, but I, the way I think about it is, for me, performance is about how you how any of us engage um, and show up and ultimately perform in all the different areas of our lives. So how am I as me? Am I am I happy? Am I engaged? I'm enjoying my life. How am I as a dad? How am I as a coach? How am I as a colleague? How am I as a son? All the different elements that I have in my life. When I think about performance, I think about how am I showing up into those areas? And am I, am I performing at my desired best? Um, and, and I think desired best is important because could I be fitter or stronger? Yeah, I could. Do I want to be? No, I don't. You know, I'll always want to be maybe a little bit fitter and stuff. Um, but there's, there's, I think it's important to be clear on, on what performance means. And I think with that then, that for me then is, that's where I look at my well-being, I look at my health, that's a core pillar of everything I've just said. Um, and I know, you know, I've, as you know, I, we've, um, we've a two-year-old and we've a, a five-month-old little baby girl. Um, so sleep is, <laughs> sleep is very valuable to me at this point in time. So I think things will be, you know, things will be fluid. I think with self-care and, and we're talking about our well-being and looking at our health, I think it's important to have a little bit of, um, I guess, self-compassion to go, look, there will be times when, I'm not necessarily doing what I'd like to be doing. That happens. That's life. Um, and at the same time, people can, in my opinion, in my experience, people can put life, people can park too much on life and say, I will drive young kids. I don't have time, which to me is an absolute load of rubbish. Um, and I challenge anybody who ever says that. It, it, when someone says, I don't have time, what they're really just saying is it's not important enough. And if it's not important enough, call it that and be honest about that and I get it I understand it. I have two young kids myself so I know it's not easy but it, to me it comes to it just comes to priority and what's really important and I don't mean to be overly harsh in saying that but I just think 
you know, I'm reading Viktor Frankl's book again, Man's Search for Meaning, and, and you know, he's, he talks in it about just that one freedom that we have, our ability to choose, you know, it's such a big part of, of um, you know, man's last freedom and liberty, that ability to choose our response in any situation. And, and I do think when something is important enough and when somebody wants something bad enough, they make the time for it. And I know for myself in the context of this, it's, it's interesting because you could be, somebody could understandably say, look, I haven't got the time to look after myself as well as I, I'd like to because of my kids. And I understand that. I wouldn't agree with it, but I do understand where that comes from. Um, and ironically, if I can be a little bit more quote unquote selfish and look after myself and, and put me up there at top of the priority list, I know I'm a better dad. I know I'm a better husband. I know I'm more present. And because of that, I know that I'm actually going to give my kids a better start in life versus if I'm irritable, if I'm tired, if I'm not present, if I'm distracted, et cetera, et cetera. So it's, it's, um, it's, not, it's, it's easy and it's simple on the face of it, but I know like lots of things in life, it's not, it can be a little bit tricky and a little bit messy at times. In Ireland now, we're, we're kind of coming out of, we're not out of the pandemic, but we're coming out of a period of, of lockdown and things are opening up now. Um, and I think we've, we've, we're all aware of the challenges people have had in terms of their health and their well-being over the last 18 months. But looking forward now, um, and in terms of maybe some of the people you're working with, what do you expect to be some of the challenges for people, uh, you know, um, as we move out of this period now in terms of looking after themselves or minding or prioritising their well-being? The big question, and I think it will depend, it'll depend on people's circumstances as to what they've been doing during the pandemic. So for some people, maybe they've gotten into routines and habits whereby they're looking after their, their overall health and well-being much better. So I think part of the challenges might be for somebody in that situation, can I maintain this and can I not lose this coming, you know, the, as we transition back into maybe a bit more moving around. Um, I think for, for somebody maybe who has not been in as good a place um, and they're transitioning out of maybe being, you know, working remotely, et cetera, um, I think there, there could be an element of decompression, um, which I've often felt coming back from adventure trips where you're going through, it's, it's like a transition, you know, it's the art of a transition where you have the ending of something, you have the, the sort of foggy middle where you're a little bit uncomfortable trying to figure out, right, what's next, what does it look like? And then you have a new beginning. So for some people, I think coming out of the, um, you know, the, the pandemic situation, there might be an element of that. What do I want the next chapter to look like? Um, and I think for me, it's, it's just important to be really intentional about that. Um, so I, I think for some people, they'll, it'll be absolutely fine. They'll breeze back in. Um, there'll be no problems with, with transitioning. Um, for others, it might be a bit more challenging. It's hard, hard to say, but it, it, I, I think that so much depends on the state of mind of, of where people are at. Um, last question then. Someone might be listening to this and say, you know, gosh, I might need to do something about a particular aspect of my own health or well-being. But, you know, what simple steps do you advise or when you meet someone first uh, to talk about this stuff and to work with them on it, where do you start or where would you advise anyone to start as a simple first step? Yeah, well, I think if, if someone was listening to this very simply, let's just assume they never do any work with the likes of you or me. Um, really simple. So we've, we've gone through something like PERMA. So 
if you simply just out of 10 as a real basic way of doing it, rate yourself on where are you in each of those areas. Um, it's obviously subjective and that's the nature of a lot of these things. So decide what area is important to focus on. So somebody might go through that and they say, actually, do you know what my relationships? That's something where I could, I could really spend a bit of time. Um, if that's the case, I would then very simply write down, what does success look like? What does better look like in the area that you're, you're looking at, at improving? Um, and what's at stake if nothing changes? So sort of get very clear on number one, what's the area I'd like to focus on? Number two, what does better actually look like? And, and, and write this out, draw it out, whatever we want to do, but get clear on what that looks like. And then thirdly, what does that mean to me? So what's on the line if, if nothing actually changes? So for some people, that could be quite significant. Um, for others, it might be, you know, it might be life changing, but it's important. Um, and I think if that, that's a simple maybe couple of first steps. Um, and if I take a, a step back from that and go up to maybe 30,000 feet, I'd write down in one sentence, how do you want to experience life? So capture it in one sentence. Um, how is it that you want to experience life right now? Um, and that can sometimes help dictate where you actually, where you go with this. So for me, my, my sort of one sentence this year has been just living with grounded courage, adventure and presence. Um, and that means something to me. So I know sort of what's, if I unpack that, what's in it. Um, so though maybe they're just some simple, really steps, like making the assumption that somebody is working on this on their own. Obviously, if they're working with the likes of you or me or anyone else, even beyond outside or below the line, they'll get support and resources there. But I think I think stack the odds in your favor. So if you're looking at, at improving any of the areas that we've touched on, just think about what are the resources, what's the support scaffolding I could have around me to make it as, as easy as possible to make some of the changes in behavior. And I think that's the planning piece there, I think is where I see a lot of people, myself included, obviously at times falling short, it's not enough time or emphasis goes to write, how do I want to do this? Um, so that would be, that'd be a few things. Fantastic. We'll leave it there, Paul. Thanks a million. That was brilliant. Cheers. Thanks, Dave. <laughs>